It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I thought on a bye week that the best thing to do is talk about the football that is being played. And rather than preview games that you might not care about, I thought, why not talk about something you probably do care about? And that's fantasy football. So Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports guru extraordinaire, is on the show today to talk about his his favorite waiver wire ads for week five, his approach to trying to figure out how to make it all work with COVID. He gives some great advice about how to handle uh, a league if you're the commissioner or if you want to make a suggestion to your commissioner about how some of this stuff could be handled because, unfortunately, these positive tests keep coming and we're going to continue to have games delayed, games postponed, and potentially games forfeited outright. Uh, some Some troubling news out of Tennessee about the Titans meeting against the rules, violating protocols, and and some some really unfortunate stuff uh, that, that we're not going to get into. But uh, that, that conversation with Jamie coming up in a little bit at the end of the show, I also want to mention just briefly a potential trade idea that I think isn't, isn't crazy but probably isn't going to happen, but I think will pique your fancy anyway. I want to start, though, with Week 5, Because week five has two games that loom incredibly large for the Green Bay Packers. It is never too early to start scoreboard watching, especially when you're the Packers. And according to 538, you have a 95% chance to make the playoffs, a 77% chance to win the division, and a 38% chance to win that first round by, by far the best chance in the NFC. To get there... Week five could go a long way because the Seahawks play a Vikings team that seems to be getting it together, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And we know the Seahawks defense has issues. They can't rush the passer and the secondary remains a work in progress, I guess is the diplomatic way to put it. And then on Thursday night, 
It's Bucks Bears in a game where Chris Godwin is still dealing with an injury. Mike Evans came out of last week's game less than 100% and has missed practice this week. So the the Bucks could be a diminished version of themselves against a Bears team that I don't think is very good, but on a short week, you know, maybe Nick Foles has one of those games. He has played Tom Brady in a marquee matchup head to head and outplayed him before. You may recall the Super Bowl, this little thing called the Super Bowl a few years ago. Now, Nick Foles has been bad so far this year, mostly. Uh, and I don't want to just single out the three touchdowns. He had two interceptions that were dropped uh, and, and did not play well at all against the Indianapolis Colts last week. But they have enough weapons. I mean, Justin Herbert lit up this Buccaneers team. And we know this Bears defense is legitimately good. And, and they have been for a number of years now. They could give this Buccaneers problem. They could give this Buccaneers team some problems because they can pressure the quarterback. Akeem Hicks in the middle. You've got Khalil Mack on the edge. That gives you a chance every time. And they've got, you know, safeties who are not going to give up big plays over the top off play action. They have cornerbacks who are big and can handle the physicality of someone like Mike Evans, assuming Mike Evans plays. These are games that matter for the Packers because they're going to be fighting the Seahawks for the number one seed. They're going to be fighting the Buccaneers for the number one seed. They're going to be fighting the 49ers for the number one seed. And so what you want is you want the Seahawks to lose. And you want the Seahawks to lose if for no other reason than it makes divisional games for them even more important. Go beat the 49ers. Go beat the Rams. You know, the Rams are are actually in second place in the NFC West right now. I, I think it's easy to forget that the 49ers are 2-2. Two and two. The Rams are 3-1. and one. And the Bucs are at the top of the NFC South because the Saints are also 2-2. Two and two. The Bucs are the number one team in the league by DVOA. Football outsiders adjusting for schedule now. And Tampa Bay is number one. Now, no other models show it that way. Other models don't necessarily adjust for the level of competition, though I don't... I mean, the Bucs have played one good team, so that's a little strange to me that that they would be so high after playing some mediocre competition. But the Panthers turn out to be better than we thought, and the Broncos are bad. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused where Tampa Bay is coming out that well in some of these numbers. But look, they're winning games. And they came back, and and the most impressive stretch of football that I've seen them play this year was the second half against the Chargers. If that offense is starting to hit, then they can be the biggest challenger to Green Bay in the NFC because we know the defense with that front, they can rush the passer. They've got speed and athleticism at linebacker, and they've got some cornerbacks with some talent. Carlton Davis, uh, in terms of yards per coverage snap, is second in the league according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, I don't know that he's faced the best competition this year. He did get Michael Thomas in week one, although Michael Thomas did get hurt in that game. Didn't see Cortland Sutton in that Broncos game because he's hurt, so he got Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler, who talented players but rookies. Now, did against the Panthers, you know, D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson, those are real guys. And then last week, you got Keenan Allen, but it was Keenan Allen and a bunch of future Foot Locker employees, so... I guess I'm still in wait and see mode with this Bucks team. The Seahawks are are the scariest team to me if I'm the Packers. 
Russell Wilson is always scary, but they've had success against this team. And and Seattle is, in terms of their roster, a worse version of the team that Green Bay really took it to in the divisional round last year. Now, once the Seahawks got down, they started throwing it more and, and were able to move the ball. But Green Bay had also built a, a comfortable lead. That game came down to the fourth quarter. Maybe if the, the Seahawks let Russ cook in a rematch, that it, it turns into a shootout. But again, Green Bay has had success against Wilson in the past. So it does make you wonder. Getting those losses now makes it easier for Green Bay. And, and that's just simple math, of course. But you also, the Buccaneers, they've got a difficult division. The Panthers, like I said, are better than we thought. The Saints, when they get healthy and their defense plays to its capabilities, they're in a little bit of a similar situation to Green Bay where they've got a lot of talent on defense. They just haven't come to play yet. And when they do, this team can still be quite good. So if the Packers are not that worried about the NFC North, and I I wouldn't be that worried about the NFC North, frankly, uh, then the NFC North can still do the Packers a big favor If the Vikings and the Bears win this week, I mean, that goes a long way in securing that top seed. Remember, under the the new format, just one team gets that first round by. And and you're going to go to seven playoff teams. And it's even more important that two seed, you got to play opening weekend. And and so you you want that rest. And I know there's going to be a section of fans who say, you know, the, the first round bye has never been good to us. And that's, by the way, not true. Uh, they lost in 2011, but that's not what happens every year. The Packers in 96 won a Super Bowl with a first round bye. So let's not get crazy. Okay. Green Bay is, and by the way, they won last year with a first round bye. So you, you want that bye. It is incredibly valuable. And who knows, maybe by then, you know, there's there's an opportunity Maybe there's a vaccine. Maybe you maybe you can have fans in seats and home field advantage matters more than it would otherwise. Either way, even if there's not fans, it's going to be cold in Green Bay in January. And if they got to push anything back, it's going to be even colder. I mean, imagine if the first round weekend is like the 27th or something like it's it's late January and there's a, a game in late January and one in early February. Imagine how cold it will be in Green Bay for those games. And all of a sudden you've got the Bucks coming in or you've got the Rams or the Saints coming in. And it's 3 degrees at Lambeau, it's minus 8 with a wind chill. You want that advantage. You want to be in a position to host those games regardless of whether or not there are going to be fans there because there's some advantage and that advantage will only grow. Who's going to want to tackle Jamal Williams in Minus eight. Who's going to want to block Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith in minus eight? The Packers, you know, are going to embrace that opportunity. And it's really important, even now, that we start to think about those things. Because, as I said, Green Bay is going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs, barring a ridiculous spate of injuries. So, let's just, you know, let's take a look at it. And it just so happens that two NFC North teams play the two biggest contenders in the NFC, not named Green Bay. So in week five, Packer fans everywhere, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, your Vikings fans, your Bears fans. 
And I'm sure you're also fans of not getting gouged when you have to buy new parts for your car. It's not something that almost anyone relishes the opportunity. When it comes, it's because you had an accident or your check engine light went on and you don't know what's going on or you need new windshield wiper fluid or you need new brake lights. It's it's always something has gone wrong. That's when you have to go shop for auto parts. So why not go somewhere that's been serving auto parts customers for 20 years online? You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to deal with any and a condescending work people and gouging of prices because you're not a professional mechanic. Everyone gets the same low price at rockauto.com with their unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifically with the prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. And whether they're your corner stores, your coffee shops, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return that favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's get to my conversation with Jamie Eisenberg. You can follow him on Twitter at Jamie Eisenberg, Jamie, J-A-M-E-Y, Eisenberg. You can find all of his work at CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. Jamie, thanks for coming on Lockdown Packers. So the thing that that I think uh, you know we we didn't necessarily anticipate about the strangeness of the no offseason process and and all of the you know the the anxiety that that COVID injects into a season is the the season has come off to a roaring start with offenses. Guys uh, like Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson are, are putting up historic numbers. This happened a little bit in 2011 when there was no offseason work and we saw a bunch of quarterbacks throw for 5,000 yards. Aaron Rodgers uh, had a, a ridiculous season that Drew Brees nearly matched. Do you have to recalibrate how you think about putting together your your week to week or 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 DFS rosters when offense is exploding like this? Yeah, it's certainly you know for what we do in the fantasy world, it's certainly a lot of fun. You know, whenever you get these type of numbers and this type of production, so you know, I think you just look at it as uh, the quarterback play is, is the interesting one because it used to be that for leagues that you get six points for passing touchdowns, that twenty points was kind of like oh that's a good week, and now it's almost like twenty three to twenty five points is kind of what has to get you into the starting caliber range, and so. Um, it just, you know, looking at it, uh, you know, you just kind of pick the right players, uh, based on, you know, some of these matchups, really the thing is, is more the opposite of, oh, I can't play this player because he's facing this defense or, you know, this wide receiver against this quarterback. We really haven't seen those guys get stopped or those players play to that level because the quarterback has just been so fantastic. And so I think you're going to start to see that moving forward that, um, it, you just sort of just play your best guys and, and, and take your chances on the one rare situation that they have a bad week. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at some of the matchups this week. It, it's really weird to, to be going, well, whoever Seattle 
uh, is playing this week. The Seattle defense, just if you if you're streaming quarterbacks, just pick that guy. But the Seattle defense is one of those defenses where you're just like, yeah, that that guy's going to go off. That that's weird. You have to sort of recalibrate your expectations about these things. You do. Uh, last week was the first you know interesting test for that defense in particular because the three quarterbacks that they played in the first three weeks obviously are on a different level than Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, sure. So you have uh, it was Matt Ryan week one, Cam Newton week two, Dak Prescott week three, and then we got to Fitzpatrick, and he looked like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. Uh, so this week you get Kirk Cousins, and it's interesting because he's, he's played well a couple of games. He struggled a couple of games. He just doesn't throw the ball very much. And so if the Seahawks offense does what it typically does, which is put up points, which I think they will, especially at home, then will Kirk Cousins be in that 35-plus passing range, which is kind of what you need to have success against his defense. So um, I think we're going to start to see a little market correction for that team in particular because, again, after facing those three quarterbacks, things are going to probably look bad, especially you know Cam being the yeah. wild card and how he threw in that game. But, uh, yeah, this will be an interesting test to see if this defense um, can hold up a little bit better against a, a, a low-volume passing attack. Yeah, on the, on the, the receiver side, uh, we love, and I'm as guilty of this as anyone, the rookie receivers, we love to get excited about them. And they always go, you know, like two rounds too high in, in drafts uh, before the season because everyone's going, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be great. But we have a number of these guys, you know, not just Justin Jefferson, who are coming in and, and already playing meaningful roles. How do you how do you view some of these rookie receivers and are they guys you know the the Ayuks and the Chenaults are they guys that you think can be reliable week to week moving forward? I hope so for the two that you mentioned. You know, Chenault's in a good spot because Jacksonville doesn't really have a clear cut number two guy. You know, we've seen Keelan Cole have some good moments. Uh, Chris Conley's had some moments, good and bad. Uh, we saw the prime time game against Miami where he wasn't so good. Um, yeah. And then you know Ayuk is is interesting um, with what he you know has shown you as more of a runner than a pass or pass catcher right now. But I, I don't know if it's fair to judge him without Jimmy Garoppolo there and Debo Samuel there. And so that's going to be one that I think is going to be interesting to follow. Uh, you've seen the good uh, of of what the rookie receivers can be with C. Lamb, uh, you know, and just how he's performed. He's been awesome, but he's in a, such a high volume passing attack that it's hard to fail with the Cowboys at this point. You know, yeah. at least. Uh, every couple of games having a big performance. He's coming off a huge one last week. Uh, but we've also seen the downside of it, you know, where, you know, you talk about opportunity. Jerry Judy's got a big one in front of him uh, with Cortland Sutton not with the ACL tear, but he just hasn't stepped up yet. Now, again, <clears throat> quarterback play being a problem without Drew Locke, so we'll see if that things change, if things change for him. But it's just kind of the nature of rookies. You know, last year we were sort of spoiled a little bit because of how Terry McLaurin did, how DK Metcalf did. You know, there were some guys that stepped up and played really well. Uh, we know about the 2014 rookie class when it was Odell Beckham and Mike Evans and those guys putting up big numbers. They don't usually play at a high level on a consistent basis, but there are some guys I think that you can see where, okay, I can feel comfortable in fantasy starting these guys moving forward. And I love, obviously, what Justin Jefferson has shown you the last two weeks. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's hard for a lot of Packer fans to be watching all these rookie receivers, even though the Packers yeah. offense has been awesome uh, and, and not feeling like, you know, the this, this could have been us, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you look at some of the guys that, that are putting up points. I mean, Robert Tanyan is, is if he's not tight end one right now in fantasy, he's up there. Uh, I think it is hard to project him moving forward, but in terms of the pieces in this offense for green Bay, who do you like? Who are you fading? Who are you? If you have now, who are you trading? Who are you trading for? 
Well, I mean, obviously there's a lot to like, and, and uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong about Rodgers as a fantasy quarterback because I thought, you know, with the addition of A.J. Dillon and what Aaron Jones did last year, that yeah. maybe they would just become a little bit more of a ball-controlled team. And so I did not have him ranked uh, as high as he should be. So that's a big, you know, flaw in my, my preseason ranking. You were not alone. Awesome to see Aaron Rodgers playing like this. <laughs> I'm, sure I, I'm sure I wasn't. Um, but, you know, uh, awesome to see him playing like this. And, you know, the, the best part is, is what you've seen the last two weeks without Devontae Adams out there. So, you know, being creative in, in how Tanyan's performed, obviously Aaron Jones and what he's done as a pass catcher. Uh, what Alan Lazard did two games ago, and it's unfortunate that he's not going to be there to continue it for the foreseeable future. Um, I still think there's a big ceiling for Mark Lazard-Scaling. We just had this conversation on, on one of our programs on CBS Sports HQ about holding Valdez Scantling during the bye week because, you know, you have to make some tough decisions with certain players. And, you know, the fact that he hasn't produced at a high level for two weeks, is he a guy that you can maybe let go and hopefully get back prior to their return in week six. And I think he will benefit with having Devontae Adams as the alpha on the field yep. and drawing some coverage. And hopefully he gets some of those shot plays like we saw in that week one game against Minnesota. But Tanya is a guy that uh, based on the position that he plays, you know, we know it's always hard to find consistent tight end production. And if he's going to, you know, the touchdowns are, are something that's going to be hit or miss because you don't want to bank on that. But, you know, if he's going to get six plus targets uh, and be a significant factor in this passing attack when they clearly need help, uh, even when Adams is, is healthy. So until Lazard comes back, I'll buy into Tanyan. Uh, I absolutely think he's got a chance to be um, in the starting tight end conversation until he proves otherwise. Um, but he's not going to play the Falcons every week, unfortunately. Uh, I think you look at Rodgers, he's, he's still in that sell-high category just because you know it's, it's easy to move on from that position in fantasy because there are so many good guys that we talked about. So right. if you can get a good starting running back or wide receiver in return for Rodgers, I would explore that. But I would have no problem banking on Rodgers rest of the way. I think Aaron Jones is a superstar. And now is the time, if you can, trade by low on Devontae Adams because, you know, you haven't had him as a fantasy manager for two games. You don't have him now for a third because of the bye. And so somebody could be scrambling at one and three, two and two, not liking their fantasy team. Uh, just to give you an example, I, I made a trade offer to somebody who needs running back help and, you know, trying to be a little sneaky because I think that's the way you try to win a fantasy. But <laughs> I offered uh, – Dustin Jefferson and Mike Davis, who we know Mike Davis doesn't have a big window because Christian McCaffrey is returning, but this particular fantasy manager doesn't have Adams, needs running back help, needs to get a win, so could use Mike Davis for this week. Justin Jefferson's a good Devontae Adams replacement, and then I get Devontae Adams rest of the way once he's healthy. I certainly like that for you. Um, I am wondering how you view at, at least the the doling out of advice in this COVID era, in a lot of ways, it makes your position more important for fantasy players because they're going, "What do I, I need to find some some buy low candidates? I need to find someone on the waiver wire because I don't know if my guy is going to play on Sunday." You know, when you have a game that is postponed and then played on Monday, if when you know it's on Monday, then you have to make some decisions on a questionable guy. You know, if you're a Devontae Adams fantasy owner, you had to do it last week. With okay, is he going to go on Monday or not? I got to just ride with my guys on Sunday. So, how do you approach trying to give advice in a world where we don't know almost day to day who's going to be out there and who's not? Yeah, I, I think the first thing that fantasy commissioners should do, and if you're just playing in a league, you know, you approach your commissioner and bring this up, is to start to designate a player or two or some sort of list of. If my game is canceled or postponed or pushed, you know, till Tuesday and then it does get postponed, uh, here is somebody that I would like as a replacement option for player X. And so we, we did that in, in a bunch of our leagues. Mm. Uh, we recommended this to a bunch of people on CBS is 
here's, you know, make it, make it, make it public. You know, you have a league message board or, you know, group chat, texting, you know, there's so many ways to communicate with people, make it known that these are the players I would like to replace. So for example, um, and, and it worked out well for a lot of people, depending on how you were allowed to do it. Um, Robert Tanyan was a replacement for Travis Kelsey going into the, the primetime games last week. And, you know, if you were allowed to play Tanyan's, keep Tanya's points, you clearly benefited because he was better than Travis Kelsey. So, um, you know, you're, you're going to have obviously commissioners having to be a little bit more flexible and, and understand that we're in a different time. Um, we, you know, we saw it last week with the Titans and the Steelers and that game getting postponed and not becoming their bye week. And so I think just be able to be flexible with your league. And so the best thing that I would suggest is, you know, have, have some way of having a replacement player or replacement list as public so that your opponent knows who you're, who you're doing, uh, who you're going to use just in case that game does get, you know, um, surprisingly canceled or, or postponed. And so I think that's the, the thing you want to do. But obviously, you know, you have to uh, allow for some IR spots. You have to allow for maybe a bigger, you know, roster. And just, uh, you know, again, be as flexible as possible so that in case something happens that we're not expecting, you know, you're not having somebody just get a free fantasy win because, you know, somebody was, was screwed because of the NFL and, and them being cautious with COVID-19. I love that idea, uh, and I think it's something that I'm going to email my commissioner about. <laughs> and uh, it is also just sort of surreal to hear you say that that Robert Tanyan had a better, even if it's just a fantasy game, than Travis Kelsey. That is not something that, you know, six months ago I, I would have thought I would have ever heard, but here we are. Right. Uh, it, it is a weird year. Um, as we finish up here and, and look toward week five, uh, it sounds like, you know, most of the games are, are going to move ahead. Uh, you, you had a list, um, of your favorite waiver guys for this week. So just give me a couple names, two, three names of guys that, that you should be looking at. Um, you know, if you need some bye week help or, or whatever it is coming in, in week five. Sure. Well, uh, obviously, you know, the, the Packers fans and people that play fantasy with Aaron Rodgers could need a quarterback. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is in a great spot, and, and it's it's uh, right after watching the Packers game, he gets the Falcons. So, you know, you saw the yep. guys go down in the secondary. Bridgewater's coming off his best game of the season. He's had some unlucky touchdown production through the first four games of the season, but that sort of rectified itself a little bit last week. Uh, they're a surprising 2-2, two and two, and I think Bridgewater's a big reason why. So he should have a big game against the Falcons. Um, uh, yeah, so without with, with Teddy Bridgewater, you can also look at Kirk Cousins, like we talked about. Great matchup against Seattle. Hopefully he throws enough to get you the production you need, but we always like those type of matchups. Uh, and Justin Herbert could be a guy that you look at as long as he's starting for the Chargers because that matchup against the, uh, uh, the Saints, given their injuries, could still be successful for him based on how he's been throwing the ball. The running backs, we had some injuries that opened the door for, for a couple guys. Uh, one in Cleveland with Dearness Johnson. He could be the second guy with uh, Kareem Hunt now that Nick Chubb is out. And then Justin Jackson and Josh Kotelli are going to work in tandem to help replace Austin Eckler. You also have Damian Harris, who was great in that game against the Chiefs. He looks like he's going to be the Patriots running downs guy for the foreseeable future now that Sony Michelle is on injured reserve. Uh, the wide receivers, there's a lot of guys you can look at that I don't know if they're necessarily great starting options for week five, but they certainly have some yeah. long-term appeal. T. Higgins has been great for the Bengals. You ought to like what he's been doing. Uh, another rookie wide receiver. You also mentioned Chenault before, so that's a guy that hopefully will build off his strong performance last week against the Bengals, going against a good matchup against the Texans. Um, I think it's worth picking up Alshon Jeffrey where available because at some point he's going to return and could clearly be the number one wide receiver for the Eagles because they have so many injuries. And then one guy that does have an opportunity to play well this week, based on what he did last week, is Scotty Miller for the Bucks. scored a touchdown in that game against the Chargers, and Chris Godwin likely out. 
because of that hamstring injury. So Brady needs help uh, along with OJ Howard being out with uh, with his um, Achilles injury. So you know there's some opportunity there for Scotty Miller to you know be good this week against the good Bears defense. But you know targets are targets, and we like those things. So Scotty Miller could be a starting wide receiver for you if you're stuck. Sneaky athletic, that Scotty Miller. He really is. Yeah, it's a nice, <laughs> nice ball player that uh, Tom Brady seems to like him quite a bit. If somehow wherever Tom Brady is, there has to be a guy just like Scotty Miller. Uh, Jamie, uh, let my listeners know where they can find uh, all of the work that you do because CBS, you, I don't know if anyone pumps out more quality fantasy content than you guys. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, you check us out, CBS Sports HQ. It's our 24-hour streaming network. Uh, we have our fantasy show every day, uh, Monday through Friday, and then on Sunday, but we're at noon Eastern during the week, and then Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern, and you know, hopefully helping people set their fantasy lineups to get those W's, which is what we like to see. All right. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank Jamie for joining the show, and before we finish up, I want to talk to you about a new product I'm really excited about. You've heard me tell you about Built Bars, and I am for real nuts over Built Bars. They are delicious. And the same company that brought you the best tasting protein bar ever is now bringing you something to add energy and focus to your life. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do, whether it's a mental or a physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's an easy to take one and a half ounce package. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine. It's energy and focus in a workout gel. It's like five-hour energy, but you're not going to crash. You're going to feel good throughout the process. You're not going to feel jittery while it's working. It's focus. It's energy. It's everything you need to get that extra piece of work done or to power through that meeting you didn't think you had the energy to tackle. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And remember, When you're thinking about flavors, this is the same company that makes the best tasting protein bar ever. I cannot stress this enough. All of their energy gels are combined with collagen proteins to help that skin as well, the hair, the nails. There's no reason why you won't like what this does and how it makes your body feel. Visit BuiltGo and use promo code LOCKED to get 30% off your next order. 30% use promo code LOCKED. For 30% off at BuiltGo.com, let's go. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find innovative cures for complex diseases and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. As we wind down here, I just want to throw something out there. And I threw it out there on Twitter. And honestly, I thought I would get a more enthusiastic response to it. 
the the Texans fired Bill O'Brien. And reportedly, one of the major reasons for that was J.J. Watt and Bill O'Brien got in a heated argument at practice. J.J. called out Bill O'Brien's coaching. There was essentially a mutiny by the players, and B.O.B. was relieved of his duties. Well, so now what? They're cap-strapped in 2021. They have a franchise quarterback, but they don't have a real GM. They don't have a head coach, and they don't have money to make this team better. I mean, and and, and nor do they have first-round picks or second-round picks. So they either need money or picks or both. Well, how do you do that? Well, you trade a aging superstar who may not have it to the same degree anymore, snap to snap, who's making a lot of money and could net you picks. Why not, if you're the Packers, see what they want for J.J. Watt? And I know that seems crazy, but he's obviously not happy with Houston. Not happy with the direction that team is going. And you know, you know, he would love to play for his hometown Green Bay Packers. And you know, if he did, he would be the most celebrated Packer immediately. Not named Aaron Rodgers of the last 20 years. And, and maybe the most celebrated Packer not named Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre in 40 years. And that's not reason enough to, to give up picks for him, especially given the cost. It would be potentially cost prohibitive. I think you'd need him to restructure the contract and, and figure out how to make that work because the money is a problem this year and beyond. But it is only... One more year after this one. So you're you're only going to pay a prorated portion of this year because he's already played some games. And they would still need to figure this out. But you'd think J.J. with a chance to win a Super Bowl in his home state would jump at the opportunity. I don't know what the right compensation is. If you're able to make the money work, uh, you know, I think you can go in that that three, four range, and and maybe even maybe even a two. Packers are going to get some comp- compensatory picks. If you think that the health is there and you think he makes a, a difference for your team, and I think he definitely makes a difference. I mean, imagine a front where you have Kenny Clark, J.J. Watts, Darius Smith, and Preston Smith, or, or even Rashawn Gary. Uh, that would be about as scary as it gets in the league. It's just something worth exploring and something that I thought I would throw out there. If... If you have an idea for a trade there, send it to me. Send it to me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Send it to the podcast at Locked On Packers. You can send it to me on Facebook. You can send it to me on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. Be sure to rate the show. Leave a review of five stars. That would be awesome. And if you want to send me one of those trades, send it to me on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.